Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend this hour with us. So I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and empower people, especially adults, to own their voice that come in so many different forms. So this space was created to talk with people with all different jobs, hobbies, and interests, and have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. One, how do you define creativity? Two, how do you incorporate it into your life? And three, why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to talk to musicians, Reiki masters, mediums, doctor, lawyer, real estate agents, and so many more. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as their soul's essence, courage, imagination, basically all that we are and wanna be. So sharing these stories expands one's thinking and opens up self-expression to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. My inspiring guest for today is Reed Simkovitz. Reed, um, sorry, <laughs> in 2016, Reed had a vision for the future of shaving. People would be able to shave their back of their necks on their own. After launching the Scruffy four years later, he posted a series of viral TikTok videos, which ultimately led to more people buying the product for their legs. Reed, welcome to the space. Hey, Hollis, can you hear me? Hey, I can. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am so glad you're here. Do you have headphones in? I do not. Should I put headphones in? Because I'm hearing my voice um, echo in the back. So let's give that a try. I want to welcome the people that are here live. Thank you so much for being here. You can feel free to, um, as we have our conversation, you can um, put your questions or comments in the chat box below. So let's see if this sounds a little bit better. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah, that's better. And I don't hear my voice in the background. So yay, yay for that. <laughs> All right. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> yay. So, so happy to be talking to you about all that comes up. So can you please tell people a little bit more about who you are? Yeah. So my name is Reed Simkiewicz and I am from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, right outside of Philadelphia. I went to college in Louisiana at Louisiana State University. And while I was there, I struggled shaving the back of my neck in between haircuts. And I couldn't afford to go to the barber all the time. So I, I essentially, I, I made this neck shaver. And then when I launched the product about four years later, jumped onto the app TikTok, started making videos. Before you know it, I'm going viral. And then women started suggesting that... Uh, you know, we, I put together a, a leg shape demo, put together that leg shape demo, went viral, and then we sold far more leg shavers in the process. And uh, so it's been about five years since I, I created the first drawing of the Scruffy. And uh, it's been a, a wild ride in between, but 
it's amazing what the product has kind of turned into as soon as, you know, the pivot went from neck shaving to leg shaving and uh, we're in uh, year two, officially year two. Mm. So this is what I'm looking forward to talking about. It's like this whole idea of like, see a need, fill a need, like you couldn't shave the back of your neck. Right. <laughs> and you were like, okay, how do I solve that problem when there's lots of people that have the same kind of issue going on? So you created something for that. And then when you put it into the world, isn't it amazing when you see, it's like we have these ideas of things that serve us, but then when we are listening and put it out there to the public and we listen and here you saw that there was so much more of a need in this other direction. So you could have been like, well, screw that. This is what I want to do. But you chose to pivot and be like, wow, okay, well, this is where the market is really talking. So I need to switch it up a bit and change my vision. Right, exactly. And then, you know, the other thing was it was, uh, it, it was almost like I, I couldn't control it either because it was just so many people were buying it for their legs. And it was like, well, I have no choice. I have no other choice but to pivot and mm -hmm. to fulfill their needs. And uh, I just thought it was the right thing to do. But yeah, you're right. So this is where, um, yeah, we're going to get into this about this whole entrepreneurship thing and vision. Mm -hmm. But let's do our would you rather question first, and then we'll dive into the deeper stuff. So read, would you rather travel the world for a year, all expenses paid, or have $40,000 to spend on whatever you want? Um, I travel, I think I'd travel, uh, the world. Mm -hmm. Have you traveled very much? Um, well, I, not a whole lot, not as much as I probably should, uh, but traveling around like the United States, I mean, I've, I've gone outside the country, I've gone to London, gone to Israel, and I think it's really important to kind of see what else is out there like in the world, and you mm -hmm. start learning about other cultures, and it kind of op expands your mind. You start learning, in doing that, you start learning more about like yourself too, and so I think it's important to meet people from all different walks of life. There, you can't, you can't really, well, I guess, I mean, you can't really buy that. I mean, I guess you can in a way if you travel around and have everything paid for, but um, that alone, those experiences uh, beats out anything else, I think. Yeah, I would agree on that. It does. I think there's such a huge thing to be said for um, just uh, seeing different cultures and seeing just like really being immersed in it and not in the, um, not in the touristy way, but really right. being in it. Uh, our Skylar, our daughter just, uh, got back from Costa Rica being there for six weeks and, in um, like an immersion in a gap year thing, doing things with recycling and, uh, helping turtles and all of this kind of stuff, but being part of the culture, like she, because <laughs> being in one place, they traveled to a few places, but they were in one place for four weeks. And she said, I just felt like a local, you know, people were just like waving and <laughs> yeah. like, it just felt so good. Right. Exactly. I remember you telling me about that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> like, Hey, <laughs> so I feel like I have to preface to people. I am so excited to be talking to Reed. I have, um, 
known him since he was young. Right. <laughs> I feel so old. <laughs> <laughs> but like seeing, it's just so amazing to see, uh, you know, the growth and just all that's going on. I'm just happy to have known you for so long. So, yeah, it's, I, I mean, at least, um, I don't know, 10, 15 years, something like that. Yeah, we've yeah. lived here. We've lived here for almost 20 years. So, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay, so um, let's dive into the first official question, which is, how do you define creativity? So, in my definition, um, I, I define it as making something, making anything into its purest form. Mm -hmm. Into its purest So, give me more. So, so really getting creating something to its fullest extent, like to its fullest potential. Um, and I don't think you can get there by uh, not truly understanding who you are. And I think it, it takes a lot of work to get there and you got to really dig deep and you have to, you know, you have to isolate yourself and you have to try to figure out like why you want certain things. Like what are your goals? Why do you want to create what you want to create? And in doing that, that allows you to create to your fullest potential to get to that like purest form you can. So when you say purest form, do you mean like basically, are you meaning like the most simplistic form? Or like the real true intention, or what yeah, exactly do you mean? The the like you, the true like the truest potential you can get, like um, doing something to the full extent. Like like for example, when I work on content for the Scruffy, and you know it's and I make videos on TikTok, it's um, I do everything in my power to push the boundaries to being how you know how creative can i be how authentic can i be how real can i be you know, how vulnerable can i be and i you know i'm trying to constantly push those boundaries and in doing that it allows me to get to like the best piece of art the best piece of content that fullest extent the, the purest form of that um that form mm -hmm. yeah i i mean i think and what i'm learning more um through practice and understanding is that when you are truly being you, when you're truly being authentic, which is vulnerable, people can connect, they can relate. And when people feel, cause it's that whole like trust, um, people have to like you. They don't always have to like you per se, but there has to be a sense of trust in order for them to purchase from you. Mm -hmm. If they don't trust you, then they won't purchase from you. Um, Exactly. There yeah. can be there can be other factors involved, which is product design and, you know, all this. They might be like, well, I don't really like Hala so much, but I do like, you know, this product that she offers. So I will do, you know, I will purchase that. But there has to be a trust. That's really like, because if they don't, they're just like, oh, I'm just going to go to something else. Cause right. And yeah. it's it, in doing that, it's more relatable. They can kind of see themselves in you and that that's why it is important. Like people smell BS from a mile away, right? If you're being fake or if you're not really being who you are, they, they, as humans, we can somehow sense that. Um, so yeah, that's why I think it's important to always try to be as authentic as it can be. I mean, obviously there's always like a line, but 
um, and not sharing everything, not, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but, right. um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's hear. So before we dive more into that, I want to hear more about your journey to this. So you went to school um, and what did you study in school? So I studied uh, general business and I had a minor in personal investing. You had to pick a minor. So I picked investing. Since I, liked, uh, I thought I was going to work on Wall Street, but did, that did not work. Uh, so that's why I picked the, the personal investing part. Did you do Wall Street? Uh, I interned for a couple financial firms and it just, it wasn't, I liked the idea of it, I guess at the time, um, more than I, than the actual work. I realized it just wasn't fun. It just wasn't very fulfilling and cold calling different places and working in the industry. It's just like, it, it wasn't really for me. Um, and I think I ultimately always wanted to have, like in the back of my head, I always wanted to create my own thing, do my own thing, and do try to do something a lot more uh, valuable to, to society. So talk to me about this entrepreneurship. Like, did it scare the hell out of you? Or like you said, you had it in the back of your mind. When you actually chose to do it, were you like, oh my God, what the hell am I doing? Or were you like, ah, this feels good? Well, uh a little bit of both. I, I was definitely very scared at first because I didn't know, I didn't, well, I was scared I was going to fail. You know, they say most people fail. Um, everybody's telling you to take the safe route, you know, work the nine to five corporate ladder and all that stuff. But it was just something I, I always wanted to do. I was always, but I was always scared to do it. Like I never really had the courage to, um, you know, there was like, you know, you hear like a lot about like entrepreneurs have, uh, lemonade stands and all these things. I was actually always scared to do those things, but it wasn't until I went, you know, I w- went away to school, started figuring more out about what I wanted to do and, um, built up the confidence to, to do my own thing. And then, you know, once you take that leap, you know, it's scary at the time. And then, you know, you start to get more comfortable. And now year two, it's like, Thank God, you know, I went this route. It's like, a mu- it's much more fulfilling than what I was doing before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, like, you feel it, like, with every part of your body. And there's, like, I can say from my perspective, like, I wake up excited. I mean, not right. every not every day is like, yay, rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> but there's an excitement for what's coming, um, what I don't know is coming, but I'm looking forward to how it's going to unravel. Right. And, and I think that's like, that's with anything too. Like not every day is going to be great. Even if you're doing the other way, you know, you're doing what everybody else is doing or um, not necessarily your own thing. Uh, you're never going to have like a perfect day every day. I think that's just part of life. So um, it just, it, for me doing this far beats out anything. I don't have to answer to anybody. I, you know, I, I'm on my own um, schedule. I think it's hard. It, it's, it takes a little more discipline, obviously, and but it it's just more rewarding. And mm-hmm. the highs are really high, and the lows can be really low. But um, it definitely beats cold calling. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i can totally relate to that i had a job when we lived in new york i had a job where oh my god i had to sell tickets 
<laughs> and to like these Broadway shows. And we had lists of people that we would call and just was not a happy place. It's brutal. <laughs> it's totally, I'm like, I would leave there and be like, why am I here? <laughs> <laughs> this feels so icky. Like I hang up on these people and. Yeah. Right, exactly. Now, now Broadway may be a different story. That that's actually kind of, that seems kind of interesting, but it know. was it Wait. was like off off Broadway. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I should have prefaced it with that. <laughs> but then there's the other side, like you know, our son Jared, like he has been doing, um, which he's graduated and he's uh, to a different position, but doing um, door door sales. And with that, he has learned so freaking much. And he actually, he's like, it's not like I don't love it, but there's been a lot of learning in it. And he's learned so much more about um, sociology and how to relate to people, um, people's body language, um, uh, just to kind of read them and know what to say and how to keep it short, how to hook people. Like there was just a lot of learning going on, even though it wasn't like the happiest of places. Yeah, and and as brutal as it can be, it, you're right. I mean, you you can learn uh, a lot about just communicating with people, and um, I think it also builds a certain uh, toughness that you know you can't get from any other job. And um, so I do think it's kind of in an odd way important to at least try, even yeah. if it's for like a month, just to just to you know put your feet in the water there just to get a little bit of, uh, confidence. And, uh, it helps you with other things as well. Like you're not necessarily like, I'm not uh, cold calling anymore necessarily, but there are people or, or retailers I do have to call. Yes. Um, where, you know, it can be a little nerve wracking or it would be a lot more nerve wracking had I not had cold called in the past. It's like, all right, I've already done this like a thousand times. Like, you know, so right. that it does help in that regard. Right. And it's not, you couldn't learn how to do cold calling in school, right? Say that again. You couldn't learn how to do cold calling in school. Oh no, no. <laughs> I mean, you got to do it on your own yeah, or, or in a corporate setting or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like real life experience. Yeah. 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 So let's actually hear more about I'm intrigued and I'd like to the listeners to hear more about. So here you had this concept. So how did you take it from concept to actual object? Well, I first drew up the the drawing. The idea came to me and I was in, uh, I was supposed to be doing homework and the, uh, <laughs> the idea came to me. I was like, Oh, I think this actually can work. I texted my buddies in our group chat and they all thought it was a great idea except one. And uh, so I was like, okay, four, four out of five. This is, uh, I think this actually might be a good idea. And I was also at the time, like I said before, I was struggling to shave the back of my neck on my own. Um, so, uh, so that's how the process started. I went to the student incubator on campus, paired up with a couple engineers and um, got the official design, got the prototype, and from there, reached out to patent attorney and got the patent process going. Reached out to a manufacturer, got that process going. And um, it, it took about uh, four years, uh, a little over four years to from concept to, um, to launching it. Mm -hmm. 
wow, wow. So here you had this idea. So you drew it out. So you drew that aspect out yourself. Yeah. Well, well, I drew the first drawing I had. It wasn't great. It, it, the, it, it was, but it was some, some semblance of an idea. Um, and the engineer that I paired eventually paired up with, um, drew up a better drawing Mm -hmm. and then we created a a 3d print from that so this is what's amazing so listeners when you have a concept like you don't have to be the best drawer or the best like just put it like just put it out there it's yeah i mean isn't it huge to like get it from brain to paper or brain to whatever material yeah, it's huge. I think it's just starting. I think that's the hardest thing. And, and I get a lot of a lot of people ask me like, "How do you like? How do you start? Where do you begin?" And like, yeah, I can go through this whole process of how I did it, but it's really like, first piece of advice is just start. Just do something. Draw something. Um, Google something. <laughs> reach out to somebody. Like the the drawing was terrible. I mean, it was horrible. It didn't mm-hmm. even. It looked like uh, like a banana. I mean, it was just like <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was so. It just wasn't what it should have been, but I knew it was a start. Mm-hmm. Right. But then because it got, it got your creative juices flowing. So it's like, okay, so let me just get this out. Oh, so this is kind of like a concept. And then you took it to this incubator at your school and then you teamed up with them, which then they really brought it to life. Correct. Uh, yeah. I mean, they, they, More um, so. Yeah, they they brought the um, prototype to life, and then what I did was I took that prototype and I found a manufacturer because uh, I had graduated at that point. Mm-hmm. So um, it actually took over a year to come up with the design. I graduated without um, a design, and then I but I kept working with them on the side while I was uh, working my nine to five. I was working for uh, Staples at the time, mm-hmm. and um, so. Yeah. And then I, I took, and then I eventually found a manufacturer, which was a whole different process. Um, and yeah, and got the process going, but yeah, they, the, the incubator and, and LSU Louisiana state university was the, um, I mean, I, am not sure what would have happened if I, I didn't go there. Uh, the, the, it really helped like going to that incubator. And going through the process of a patent, is it a complicated process? Yeah, I think um, it, it's it, well, it's a it's a long process. I think the average patent um, from from filing to getting it is like at least eighteen months, so it's a long process. Uh, but the attorneys really do a majority of the work. Mm-hmm. But um, so, but I had say it, the other part is the money part, and I had saved up for eight or nine months. And to to pay for the first design and utility patent, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they I guess they probably do them. They definitely will. They definitely do a majority of the work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's we only have a certain amount of brain space. Right. Like, exactly. We, yeah. It's like I, I'm of the belief of bring people on where you can, who can do things for you, where you don't have to do the research, you don't have to do that thing because you have a million other things to do. Right. Exactly. And I, I was reading something like uh, Sarah Blakely of Spanx, actually. She wrote up her own patent when, when she was doing Spanx. And then mm-hmm. I think she had she still had to have an attorney do the claims or whatever it was. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a you know, if you don't 
you got to know what you're you're good at and know what you're not good at. And and that was something I, you know, obviously I had no idea what I was doing. Right, right. Yeah, but I mean, God, I mean, listeners, it's this whole, again, I'm going to repeat, it's going from the concept to the actual creation. And it could take two months. It could take four years. Right. It could take, you know, and it's a matter of being passionate about something and believing in it in order to take it to that next level. Because I mean, what, so when I say the word believe, what comes up for you? Believe. Um, well, I think believing is, is everything. I think you have to believe in what you're doing. Um, and I think it's hardest when you're just beginning and because you don't know if it's going to work, but if you believe in whatever you're doing, and you believe in, you know, as long as you're doing whatever, you know, what you're supposed to be doing uh, every day or, 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 you know, all the tasks that you should be doing, um, you have to believe that it, that it'll work out eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say it's kind of like, and I'm really starting to understand it more to really have hold, hold a vision and um, hold the feeling. So kind of hold the visual and hold the feeling. And if I have trouble with the visual, then it's holding that feeling and that belief mm. that it will, um, whatever it is, whatever the goal is, that uh, it, it will be. And we were actually just reading um, a book. There's Neville Goddard and um, he a really thick book and my husband and I, uh, Arthur and I have been going through this book for a while. And there was just this whole chapter on imagination and holding this vision in your imagination. And, you know, in short, this couple bought this property and they wanted to build this house and, and they had this whole vision of how it was going to happen. And they imagined every step of it. They spoke it out mm. and they saw it. And in it, they said, we're not going to put a, we're not going to put a cent down to build this property. And long story short, this contractor like came forward and was actually coming at them saying, I have this space. I, I can offer you this anyway. They didn't pay a dime. <laughs> the, the contractor actually did it and said, I believe in this so much. I found somebody to back it. And the deal is, is that you'll pay me once you get people into the space. Now, did they, and they, they thought of this before and they drew it up. They drew it up. They imagined themselves walking through it. Mm. They imagined people. They imagined exactly what it would look like. They imagined renters, tenants in the space saying how much they love the space. Um, they imagined all the aspects of it. And it took about a year for it to come to fruition. But it did. And people could be like, oh, that's so woo-woo, like, ooh. Yeah. But there's something to be said for envisioning something. Yeah. And, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think uh, you're right. A lot of people kind of um, poo-poo the secret and stuff like that, you know. But if you look at a lot of like for me, I, I study a lot of different successful people, whether entrepreneurs or artists or musicians. And it's like, they all really had this vision. Um, whether they wrote it down or not, they, they still had that vision. And, uh, it, I don't, I, I think if you don't have that, I'm not sure. I don't, I, I'm not sure you can get to that place you're trying to get to. I, I don't know. 
But I think it, like, even for me, when I was trying to figure out, like, who I was in college and, and trying to um, map out this plan, you know, I was writing down, I was writing down my goals and my vision and, you know, why I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And I, yeah, I think you're right. I think um, that's an important step is to really map out, like, mentally where you want to be. Yeah, I'm seeing the importance of it more and more. There'd be mm -hmm. a resistance yeah. um, in me. And then I'm like, yeah, because believe it or not, like I can envision things and I can use my imagination. But sometimes when it, when it comes to specific things, like my husband, he, he can visualize this dream house that he has for us. Right. He smells it. He can touch it. He walks through it. Like he just like lives it every day. He like visualizes going through the space. That doesn't come as easily to me. Right. That yeah. aspect. But I think at the same time, I think that also actually in saying it, it goes back to belief. I think that the belief may not fully be there in me owning that space. Mm. If I did own it, then it would come easier. Interesting. Yeah. So, so is that the resistance? You just don't, you, you, it, it's not something that you can think of or like, what, what's the resistance? I think this is where honestly my mental, like the difference between the head and the heart. So my logical brain kind of gets in the way mm, instead oh. of, instead of being in the heart space. So I think my, right. my, my head space is like, well, what are we talking about? Yeah, like, like, like <laughs> you start thinking about, well, the odds are stacked against you, and it's one in a million, and blah, blah, blah. yeah. It, so it's and there's, I'm really becoming so aware of that difference between the the head and the heart, and it's not being again going back to this woo woo of oh yes everything is just like from yeah. the heart and you have to feel everything and but I truly do believe you have to feel it in there. I feel like your heart and your gut are your really true indicators yeah. because your gut really does know what the hell it's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. But I think even if you don't envision it perfectly and you don't necessarily like use that rah, rah talk to yourself, I, I, I still think it's like really possible to do it as long as you can discipline yourself to put in the work and show up every day and like continue on this path. Like mm -hmm. eventually something's going to happen. Eventually you'll get something and you'll be yes. rewarded um, from, you know, from the universe and whatever, whatever you believe in, um, by just putting in the work every day. Yes. Taking yeah. action. Yeah. 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 Okay. So talk to me more about, um, so how do you incorporate, we've talked a lot about what you do for your, for your, uh, business and that vision, but how do you incorporate more creativity into your own life? Well, um, I, I think when I'm, when I'm uh, creating content, like I was saying before, I'm always constantly trying to push the boundaries and, and really try to be as vulnerable as I can and, and as authentic as I can, like I was saying before. Mm -hmm. um, and in order to implement that, I just have to continue to put in the work and continue showing mm -hmm. up and, and being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so yeah, I think it's, it's tough at times. It can be hard at times. 
obviously. Yeah. But um, I, I think you you can't like you have to continue to do that or you won't grow or you won't go to the next level. Yes, you definitely have to be uncomfortable. Yeah. It's otherwise you're just like everything. If everything is comfortable, then it's like, okay, I know this. I know what this looks like. I know right. what it feels like. I can do this. When we enter that zone of I have no freaking clue of what this is going to feel like and am I good enough and all those other things, that's often where people put on the brakes and they're like, yeah. And, and you, you know, you mix that with, you know, how many followers you have and whether it's mm. thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions. Like that can be, it's, it's not easy, right? You're showing yourself, your true self to the world and you're hoping people like you still after you're doing all this. Uh, it's, it's really difficult. That's why I admire people that can do that, that are like, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day, um, just in a social media sense, in a TikTok sense. Uh, I've noticed that these TikTokers with like 5 million, 10 million followers, like, it's obvious that they are, they're doing all of that. They're like super authentic and they're being vulnerable and they're just doing what they want to do. And it's, it's so clear through the screen and they're comfortable with it. And mm -hmm. I, I just find it f so fascinating because, mm -hmm. you know, the, the goal is to get to that point. For in whatever you're doing, right? Right. In whatever you're doing, whether you're an art, a musician or an artist, a painter, whatever it is. Yeah. And in like just living, like to right. actually be off, like, like yourself <laughs> or be authentic yeah. um, and not try and fit into a mold, then that's kind of like what we want. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me more about uh, these TikTok videos. Like, how do you, what are you doing for them? I honestly, I have to check them out. I have to admit, I haven't seen. Yeah. Uh, so basically, um, so when I first went viral in August of 2020, it was a skit. Like I did like, basically I was the, the person selling this scruffy. And then I was like the customer and I was, I just kept going back and forth with myself. I was wearing mm -hmm. like different outfits and, uh, and that's, so I do, I'll do skits like that. I'll do product demos. The product demos usually go crazy viral. Like I've had a leg shape demo hit. 22 million views and 19 million views. And wow. Yeah. So, uh, and then I'll do um, Q and A's and just certain things like that. Trying to be as creative as possible. really. And um, yeah, it's it. And, and at the time when I jumped on, there weren't, I mean, there were businesses on there, but there weren't a whole lot of businesses. It was more of like a dancing app for kids. Uh, mm -hmm. with some businesses on there. So, yeah, I mean, it's just trying to be as creative as possible and, and um, not necessarily doing what all the other um, accounts are doing. And now there's a ton of businesses. Now, like, a bunch of businesses are on there now. So it's, like, really kind of just sticking to your niche and, and doing the best at, you know, your own content. But, yeah, skits, product demos, Q&As, those are, like, the main things I do. Do you do a lot of um, do you do a lot of uh, research of polls or um, things to kind of find out what people are wanting or needing, or uh, how are you getting that? No, I I have done that once or twice in the very very beginning because the incubator at, at LSU wanted to see some sort of like 
marketing research thing. So I like, that's, that, that was the only, the only time I really did it. But, um, the, I mean, I, I just see from, uh, the, you know, from the comment section to DMS, I get, uh, direct messages, mm -hmm. um, sales. I mean, I just kind of just base it off of all that. Mm -hmm. I get feedback and from customers and that that's, but as far as like research goes, I don't really, I don't really do that. Well, what's perfect is you're living it. I mean, when you're getting like, when it's going viral at like 19 million views and all of that and purchases, you're getting customer feedback and you're seeing right there is the proof in the pudding, you know? You there? Can you hear me? Nope. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you got a call. No. Okay. I think I should be good now. I don't know what happened yeah. there. Yeah. I don't know. But, um, okay. So you told me a little bit about the creativity within your business, basically. So how about you more of like read? Like, what do you, what are ways that you incorporate it in also? Do you like music? Do you like exercise? Yeah. Do you like, um, yeah, that's one way of, of like, so I, I'm training for a the Philly marathon right now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And, and in doing these training sessions and doing these running sessions and running has always helped kind of piece together mentally of, you know, what, if I'm planning out anything or stuff like that, but that's, that's one way of, uh, um, implementing different, you know, different, uh, things I want to do is like on those running sessions, I'm planning out stuff. I don't know if that's what you're asking. But, well, yeah, 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 because it's just like how you incorporate into your life. And I think that's a perfect example is as you're doing this physical thing for yourself, which is something that you enjoy, that's when you get these downloads for yeah. ideas and concepts. Yeah. And I think doing stuff that's that's physically difficult um, helps a lot. Like and um, it it not only makes you a stronger person physically but mentally it can also shape you as well. Like there's this quote that I, f I forget who it was. I think it was like, actually I don't remember, but he says, um, how you do anything is how you, or how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, so doing a hard thing like that carries over to other things, like carries over to the content I'm doing and, and it disciplines me more in other areas too. So um, yeah, I think that helps. I think reading, doing different mental challenges too, like reading a certain amount of books uh, every year. And, and that also helps too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Uh, that quote of how, uh, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. And that just that belief that, um, cause it does, everything is, is tied together. Right. How you are as a, as a person, as a human is how you do things. So, if you're the kind of person that's willing to challenge yourself and try this thing that's out of the box of running a marathon and getting yourself physically fit for it, then you're the kind of person that's also going to be up for a challenge of, I have this concept and I want to be an entrepreneur and, and create this. Right. Yeah. I think like even something stuff as simple as like doing the dishes, making your bed, like just doing these small little things and it carries over to your day to day. Like, when you make your bed in the morning, when you do everything you're supposed to be doing and it kind of just, it, it's like a domino effect and you and you're like, Oh, I had, you know, I had a nice productive day and you feel better and you just do better. Can you tell my kids that? 
<laughs> you know them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I, I wasn't always I you know, I wasn't always like this. I'm sure they'll they'll get it together eventually. So, but it's a good point to make because we grow and we mature. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And yes, Skyler's always, she's the 18 year old. She's always kicking me out of her room. I walk in and I'm like, I just sigh. She goes, get out, <laughs> get out. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. <laughs> I'm like, that's mom hat. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh my God. I want to acknowledge people that are here live. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Please feel free to put any questions or comments in the chat box where we can see them and we can respond. So um, the marathon, when is it? November. I think November 21st. First, first marathon. This is your first marathon? Yeah. So I did a half marathon when I was living in uh, Texas. And that was the first half marathon. So this is the first marathon. That was last year. Mm -hmm. So how many miles is that? 26.2 wowzers yeah so how's it going with the training well it's it's tough i think it's um but i think i knew that was going to be part of it um just like mentally it's uh it can be pretty draining and obviously physically it can be draining but it's like it's all about getting into that state of flow that flow state mm -hmm. and i uh I think that also, like I was saying before, it carries over to like when I'm working on the scruffy and I get into that flow state. Next thing you know, it's like three hours have passed, but you like did a whole lot of work. It's like, how can I get into that flow state as fast as I can when I'm running, when I'm doing those training runs? Because it, it, help, it, it makes the workout so much easier. Yeah. And it's that presentness. Right. Right. Yeah. It's like actually being instead of thinking of okay as you're doing it well i need to go home i need to make some food i need to do there's this that like and that word need need or should um i should be doing this i need to be doing this da, 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 da. and you're not actually physically there i find that actually more exhausting <laughs> <laughs> yeah personally yeah, yeah i think so i think being present is also really uh, and then you you just feel grateful for things as well and it makes the task easier by being more grateful because you're well, like, well, I don't know. Yeah. Like I, you know, I only have a, a finite amount of time doing what I'm doing. Um, this, like this could be, what if this is the only marathon I end up doing? Like, I don't know. But mm -hmm. so, um, like, uh, last weekend or maybe it was the weekend before no, it was two weekends ago. I had to run three hours on, uh, two Sundays ago. And, um, you know, it's pretty, can be daunting. It's like 18 miles. Mm -hmm. and but i was like oh this is the this, like i'm only gonna run th these you know this 18 mile run so many times like so let's enjoy it while we're, we're here let's be present and let's have fun mm. so that mindset total so how did it feel when you were doing it well i mean i think there i think at certain points it was tough you know, it's still like, even with all that being said, it's still, you know, it's still challenging, um, but it helps. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's a mind thing. It's a mind. Yeah, game. It is a, it's a, a mind game. It really is. I mean, that's, that's pretty much all it is. And you have to, in some of those training runs, you have to really dig deep and 
you know, you start getting into your past and you start thinking about certain things and, and, um, and, uh, which is why I think there, you know, when, if you, if you've ever been through some sort of struggle, uh, it's, it, you, you have to kind of channel that struggle, use it as motivation when you're running. And that also helps. Mm. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie, uh, Brittany runs a marathon? I did not. I've heard of that though. It's on Amazon. Brittany and runs a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. She's just, she, um, has a lot of, it just made me think of it, well, because of the marathon, obviously, but also the struggle aspect, very much in a mindset of, you know, not healthy for her body and all this kind of stuff. And she ran into somebody and they suggested running and she was basically like, F you, basically. But <sighs> then she lived in New York and when she walked out, she was like, fine. She had the worst sneakers and all this, but I'll just try it. I'll just run up the block. And she walked out and saw her reflection in one of the... Um, uh, the food trucks on the corner and she ran back in because she didn't like what she saw. <laughs> but then she set herself a goal and was like literally to the end of the block and back and that's it. Yeah. And as she was running, of course, in New York, there were all these people around and she's like, I hate New York because she kept bumping into people oh, and they were yeah, like, getting, getting in her way. But how one thing led to another and she did, it's a true story. She did with all of the adversity that happened, she did run the marathon. And, um, and, and she, she started off with a, a small like goal, which I think is really helpful. Like even when I first started running, it was like a quarter mile as slow as I could go. Like I was not, I actually hated running. And, um, but you know, I, I realized it would be good mentally. And, uh, and, but yeah, I mean, when I started off, it was like quarter mile slow as I can go. And then I kept building up. And again, I think that carries over to other things. Like, um, you know, like I write a certain amount of letters to customers every night for the, the customers that bought. So we, we launched Scruffy 2.0. So the, the customers that bought the Scruffy 1.0, uh, I've been trying to write personal letters. It takes me like seven minutes to write each one. I've gotten over like a hundred letters done, but, um, every night it's like, let's just do five letters. You know, so that was like an attainable goal, but it's kind of small enough where I will, I'll do it continuously, right? If you set the goal too high, if you're like, I'm going to run 10 miles today and you've never run before, it's like, well, forget it. Like, well, I, right. you know, there's no way I'm going to do that. Or if you say, you know, if you do some sort of diet and you're like, well, I'm not eating any junk food or I'm not doing any of it. It's like, well, you're just setting yourself up for failure. You got to, you know, there's, there's a balance with, uh, with anything, but you got to kind of set yourself these small attainable goals, which builds to bigger ones. And then before you know it, you're, you're having some sort of success in what you're doing. Yeah. I love that fact that you are writing personal letters to yeah. people. That is so friggin' important. That whole connection aspect where people, I mean, that will make them lifelong customers of you. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope so. That, I mean, that's, I think for me, number one, I feel like it's uh, it's the right thing to do. And, um, I, I feel like it's, yeah, it, it'll help me connect with the customer. And there's also a part of me that believes, I know most people, most, uh, entrepreneurs and CEOs like aren't doing this. And so that kind of gives me like an edge. Definitely. You know, think about that. Like if I work 
with an influencer, mm-hmm. I'll write a whole like page or two uh, instead of like a little tiny thank you card that I see most companies send influencers. And, uh, you know, I write to them like how, how they inspire me and my story. And then I, you know, thank them and all that. But I think that really does help. And it's harder to do that, but it, it definitely, I think it pays off in the long run. Well, I think it's humanization. Yeah. It's just people crave that Mm -hmm. people crave, um, this group that I'm a part of and, uh, we were just talking about it yesterday and it's just like the sacred storyteller and people want these stories. People want authenticity. People want connection. Right. They, people like this whole surfaceness of everything being the same and this fast movement of everything and all this stuff being thrown at you. People really do want to slow down and they want to actually be able to feel like they're being heard and or rec being recognized so i think that is a wonderful thing that you're doing from the standpoint of you as a human and you for your business it's a wonderful practice yeah yeah and I, you're right i mean it kind of goes back to just being as authentic as you can be just being as real as you can be you know like how you are with your friends and your family just being doing that with everybody and and in doing that you're you know you're making friends with your customers or whoever you're selling to because it gets exhausting to wear all these different masks it's kind of like okay yeah and that's the other thing yeah right and it's you know before you know it you're you're one person and one somebody else and then you're another person with somebody else and it's just you're right and uh i i think it's for me i i could probably do that at times um Mm -hmm. and you know, I I, uh, I I have this one friend who uh, is he's actually he's a doctor, but he is so he is himself with every. It doesn't matter who he's talking to, and I'm I envy that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's like this like silly guy, and he's just like like that with everybody. If he meets you for the first time, he is the same person, mm-hmm. and it's getting to that to that point, and we all love him too, and that's it's because he's like that. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a journey. It's kind of yeah. like, it's, it, we really are. We, we kind of, we're just all working it out and getting right. to it. Yeah. Some people it comes to easier and quicker and others, it just takes a little bit more to kind of let the guard down or get to where we want to go. So it doesn't all happen exactly right. at once, you know? Yeah. So as we're getting to wrap up um, with the third question, which is kind of just things that we've talked about, but why do you think creativity is important? Well, I think you ultimately want to have the most fulfilling life you can. And I think being as creative as possible leads to more success in whatever you're doing. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you have more success and more financial success, you can give back as much as you can. And it's something I was like thinking about the other day. Mm-hmm. So, and I feel like giving back and making this plan. No, it sounds a little hokey, but making this planet um, better than what you, you know, li- leaving it how you, you know, a better place yes. um, is, uh, is a good goal to have. So, but I think you can't really get there until you're 
you know, creating your, whatever you truly want to create. And it's like getting to that purest form. And, um, that ultimately leads to having a more fulfilled life. Yes. Love how it's always cyclical. (laughs) (laughs) It always brings it right back to that. So, um, yeah. So please tell people how they can find you. So, uh, on TikTok at the scruffy, T-H-E, the Scruffy, S-C-R-U-F-F-I-E. Um, you can go to the Scruffy.com, get yourself a Scruffy and some razors. Um, yeah, I'm on Instagram. Usually, It's usually TikTok is where I'm mostly active. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you disclose any of the, um, the new, the future of shaving within your world of what it looks like? Or is that kind of like... No, no. I mean, um, like what we're working on. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we actually are working on Scruffy 3.0, which I, I don't think I've ever, I think I've told a few people, but, um, and it's just like, uh, just like, um, it's just a little different how it looks from the 2.0. But, um, other than that, you know, trying to maybe put together different products, shaving creams down the line, um, and maybe turning this into a full-fledged shaving business. I my whole thing is if I do st- sell regular shaving products, like I want to, I don't want to just sell what everybody else is selling. I, I want it. I want it to be impactful, and I want it to be different in some sense. Mm-hmm. So, with shaving cream, if I can make it my own natural shaving cream that's healthy and and uh, you know that that's something I would do. And then, yeah. And then kind of just go from there and continue to innovate with content and keep pushing forward. I love it. It's, and I think that's such an important point. It's, it's being impactful and different and figuring out what that means. And we don't always know the how, right? It's just this connection with people that you trust. Um, you know, in, cause you've, you've built this, you've come this far. Yeah. So there are all these people that are cheering you on and supporting you. And uh, it's not like you're just alone in this venture anymore. You've, you've gotten pretty far in a short period of time. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it, it's like you're alone, but you're not alone because you get all this support and um, that definitely helps. It really does. Yeah. Because in those dark moments, you're like, you know, you got some doubt right? Everybody's got some doubt and it's, it's, uh, it helps when you hear a customer say, Oh, I love the, I love the scruffy or whatever the comment is You're like, okay. You know, and then it, yeah. it uh, pushes you forward and, and it just keeps it alive. You know, um, somebody that I interviewed recently, she said, which is such a great idea, uh, that she takes any kind of kind words that people have said about what she does, her artwork or whatever it is. And she does a screenshot and she, or she writes it and saves it in a place. So when she gets into that feeling, she can look to it Uh, to then be as a reminder. Yeah. That's a good idea. I'm like, wow, simple and brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Because we all have those dips like in whatever Uh, we do, but especially as entrepreneurs, um, it's we have a dip in uh is this the right thing and right yeah we need to be reminded yeah i think so and i i when people say they they um 
they, they don't have any doubts or they, you know, uh, I was listening to this interview of this, uh, entrepreneur and he was talking about how he's like, Oh no, I didn't, I have any doubts or I didn't, I just, I've always known it was going to be successful. I'm like, all right, come on. Like, I know you've had some doubts. Okay? Right. I know there was something in there. Yeah. Right. There has to be. It's yeah. just, it's just part of the process. Right. You're a human. You're not a robot. Like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, Reed, it has been so great talking to you. Seriously. Thank you so much for taking this hour. It's really yeah, this great. Was, this was great house. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. Yeah. So happy. And to all those that are here live, thank you so much. And those catching the replay, um, this space is all about inspiring each other, connecting and sharing stories. So please like, follow and share. I feel like we've always needed this, um, but I believe that we truly need it now more than ever. Connection, 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 and to lift each other up. So um, I wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, wherever you are in this world. And we'll be talking to you again soon. Goodbye, everybody. Feeling inspired? There are so many ways to do things for you, to get yourself moving, to get your creative juices flowing, and to have fun. Check out I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing. Go to IamCreativePhilly.com. IamCreativePhilly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And check out the experiential kits check out Creative Shui, which is all about creative inspiration and guidance. And for Express Yourself Publishing, there's so many multi-author book opportunities. So I would love to chat with you so much. Everybody has, everybody's creative. Everybody has a voice. Everybody has an expression. And I can't wait to meet you. Thank you so much for taking this hour to listen to our stories and share the energy. And I wish you a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in this world. Bye, everybody.